Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Thanks for coming back. Had an incredible time on the road. Um, was fantastic to see all of you guys and do all those shows in Irvine, San Jose, Tempe. Love y'all. Love y'all. So sweet. Also, can I just say, I have probably gained about 90 pounds. Uh, what do you call, you know, that food down there that you guys have in Arizona? It's not Tex-Mex. It's like Southwest Max. Like, I don't know, like a Southwest egg roll, but like times a million. Amazing food. Absolutely love my time there. Thank you guys all for coming to the shows. That was incredible to be able to perform with you. Real quick, coming up, Springfield, Missouri. Going to do two shows for you at Springfield. We actually added on an early show for that run um, because the second one um, – it's either sold out or close to sold out by now. I don't know what it is, but that is on December 1st. Catch me in Springfield, Missouri. And right after that, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of December, we're, I'm at Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis. Would love to see you guys out there uh, in the beautiful Midwest in the wintertime. Get your tickets at mrdtimes3.com. Bring a friend. Have some fun. And as for right now, I don't think I'm going back on the road until March, it's looking like. Going to take some time off for a very special reason that I'll tell you about right now. You heard it here first. Just kidding. You didn't hear it here first. You heard it on Patreon first, if you're a Patreon member. We're getting a dog. We're getting a golden retriever. I'm so uh, excited I cannot wait. I grew up with golden retrievers my entire life, and now I'm getting a little puppy boy. His name is Mac, short for Mackinac Island, which is an island in Upper Michigan. So kind of name him after that. Plus, we're getting him from Michigan, from Traverse City. So I mean, like, um, it's gonna be so cute. I'm just like watching him grow up, and I just can't even believe it. But I'm taking the time off to really focus on training him because I don't want a rabid puppy running around my house when I'm back on the road and I don't want to leave Morgan with just a completely untrained dog. He's never had a dog before and he's incredibly worried. He thinks that this is just going to destroy our entire life. I'm like, calm down. It's going to be fine. And then I find all these videos that are trending on the internet too. And it's people whose husbands said they never wanted a dog. And then they just totally fell in love with the dog. I know that is going to be him. Keep up with me and Mac online. You know, I'm going to see it. But this is my, this is my thing. My whole life, I have sort of not, not been a hater of, but been skeptical of dog Instagrams. I don't know what it is, but. There's something that sort of like, it's kind of like clowns. Like it's like cute and fun, but like something about about it makes you uneasy. Or mall Santas would be a great example too. Like cute, fun, friendly. Something's making me uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. Same with dog Instagrams. And it comes down to the fact that I know that there's a human on the other hand talking in the voice of the dog, with the thoughts of the dog, with inflections of the dog, and even adds like bark, bark, woof, woof, bow, wow, 
at the end of sentences, signs its signature with the dog paw prints. Like, am I... Ooh, something about it. It's kind of like, I don't know what you should be doing this. I don't know. But I, maybe I'll have an Instagram for him. And it'll be like his, like how, like if a child gets famous, the mom runs the Instagram account, like I'll run it for him. And the pictures will be like, this is Mac in a field of flowers. You know, I'm not writing as Mac, like loved being in the field of flowers today. Wolf bark, took a big shit. It was great. Like, Oh, God, maybe I do want to write and be the voice of Mac and make him, like, very sassy and dog-like. I don't know. Would you guys follow Mac? I'm going to go ahead and say you would. The other thing is I really want to make Mac an Instagram account, too, because we got to fly with this dog from time to time, right? Um, Like, I got to fly him back home. Did you know it's, like, $210 to fly your dog if it's not, like, a service animal? And um, he's not going under no, I read too many horror stories. I fell down a rabbit hole of horror stories of people who put their pets in the undercarriage. No, Matt's going to fly in a dog carrier under the seat in front of me. That's the only way it's going to be. That's like 210 bucks on Delta, right? So this dog is going to have an Instagram so that, you know, he can make some coin. He's got to pay his way. He's going to pay off his own food. I'm going to reach out to Chewy. I'm going to say, hey, can you sponsor my dog? Because he needs to pay off his debt. Because that's just how it's going to be. Super excited for that. But yeah, not going to be back on the road till March. Should be announcing the spring tour sometime soon. Probably after the new year. Keep your eyes out. Yo, listen. The other thing that I wanted to tell you is, I told you a couple weeks ago, we put it in an offer on the house, as expected. Didn't get it. What is up with, like, I, do you know how infuriating it is when you don't get a house? You, like, put an offer. It's nice and competitive. You're ready to go. And then your realtor calls you. And she's like, bad news, guys. I cannot handle. This house went for what? Let's see. It went for, like, three times the offer. That's psychotic. That's the bullshit we're living in in Seattle. Like people will buy a, they have like like stupid money. There was one house that we put in on. It got bought up by a neighbor who bought that house just so they could change the zoning laws so that the person who bought it next couldn't build up, thus blocking their view. That's the type of bullshit I'm living in. Plus, I mean, our house is great. I love our house, but I'm gonna bring baby Mac over and he don't he's gonna need a little bit of a backyard. Please keep your fingers and toes crossed. Buying a house is incredibly stressful. I need the house gods to just like let it down on me, let my good karma out at this point. Because if another house slips beneath betwixt me, I don't know. I don't know. The worst feeling. Told you guys before, in order to get a house. You have to, first of all, in that offer that you make with all of your money, you have to tell them, and I give you consent to have sex with me if you want, first of all. I, my partner gives you consent to have sex with him too. We have also waived all contingencies. So if you want to have sex with both of us at the same time, 
We're fine with that. Morgan's going to shoot me when he hears this on the podcast. <laughs> Morgan, I'm sorry I'm telling them about our secrets to our housing offers. Just kidding. Um, you do have to put your firstborn in. If you don't put your firstborn in, kiss it goodbye. I'm going to get into the emails from you guys this week. You sent two weeks ago, you sent Matt Belisai and I some amazing, amazing rants. I just told you guys, rant away about what's going on in school. Y'all did not miss a beat. I had to do it two weeks in a row. Week two of the rants coming up. We got even better emails this week. I'm going to give you my two cents. But before we do that, quick word from our sponsors. This one's great. I love it. I have a story to go along with it. Let's just get into it. Hi, Mr. D. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I have a great story for you. The parent rant that I was gifted this week is just chef's kiss. I'm a sixth grade teacher. Sixth is still elementary school in my district. And sent home my November newsletter to families, as you do at the end of each month. Muggles, listen, muggles. You... This is what you do in teaching. You send home a weekly or monthly newsletter so the parents can know what's going on in your classroom and what's to come. Now you know. At the end of the letter, I include a little blurb summarizing what the kids will be learning about in science. My district uses a curriculum called Amplify. Lucky you, you're not using the FOSS kits anymore, which often has the children role play as different kinds of scientists for each unit. This unit is on human microbiome, okay? It encourages children to take the role of student researchers. They have to argue for the benefit of microbiology research, specifically the study of fecal transplants. Yes, I have to make these almost middle schoolers learn about poop and try to take it seriously. Anyway... I sent my newsletter off and thought nothing of it until I received the following email. Okay, she sent me the actual email, so these are verbatim words. Parent doesn't even address the teacher in the beginning. Just gets right to it. Look. Like, <laughs> looks like I'll have to point out that this is an indoctrination and not science. The school district is trying to create students that are for fecal tissue research. What are the students getting? Where are the students getting the fecal tissue? Planned Parenthood? So, are student researchers some kind of code name for activists? All the things that they need to know in science, and this is definitely not one of them. I couldn't figure out why the parent was so upset, but then it hit me. They misinterpreted the word fecal as fetal. It was thought that this parent was just waiting to be mad about something, but he was wrong. He was wrong so hard that when he realized, he got even wronger and even angrier. I kindly sent him an email explaining that the children were studying poop, and after that, I think that he was pretty embarrassed, but still tried to double down on his anger with the curriculum. My grade level team got a good laugh about that entire thing. Thanks for giving us the space to vent about the craziness that is this job. Sincerely, not going to say your name. I don't think you need the bad juju on that one. Listen, this happens from time to time. And what I think is happening is I think that the parents just want to be angry 
at teachers because as as schools and teachers, for some reason, we've built this community where we just allow people to walk all over us like this for some reason, and we've created this environment where it's just okay. Parents know that they can come and scream and shout and yell and give their two cents to the principal and the principal, and most of the teachers are just going to sit there and take it and be like, okay, I see why you're mad. We'll make an adjustment. Thank you for voicing your concerns. That's bullshit. We are not a profession to be taken for granted. We are not a profession to be spoken to in such a manner. Okay. I'm not going to have any of that. And I have done it before. I've had parents come at me all mad and I say, when you can get it under control, I'll listen. But it's not now. And I shut the door. And I've done it. I've also gotten in trouble for doing that. But I don't think that I should have been. Also, I have had principals who not only allow, but somehow invite this sort of behavior and justify it by parents just need to be heard. Yeah, they do need to be heard, but they also need to know that no human should ever be spoken to in this matter. Especially when they're wrong. I had a friend who had a parent out of nowhere email her, they were learning about dinosaurs, emailed her this entire dissertation, if you will. That's how long this email was. An entire dissertation stating that their child would not be subject to learning about dinosaurs because they are not real. Okay. I understand that there is an argument for both sides of this. I do not understand why the wrong side of these arguments The people on the wrong side think they're wrong. Dinosaurs were real. We're not going to fight evolution here anymore, people, okay? This isn't, you know, 1600 BC where some of your relatives were actually friends with Jesus as he walked the earth. No. We're learning about science. We're learning about evolution. We're learning about how cells split to make more beings. All right. So when she called me with that email, we had the best laugh ever, ever. The audacity of that man to think for even a second that we were going to entertain that type of behavior. No, 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 no. Let's get into another one. Oh, this one set me off today. We have a parent who keeps track of every time that money is spent on teachers. And they bring it up every time at every single meeting. Every opportunity that she has, she brings up the budget of how much school money has been spent on teachers. The list includes dinners and lunches provided during staff development and parent-teacher conferences, staff appreciation gifts, school spirit wear, we get two free shirts when we're hired, birthday gift cards, Christmas bonuses, etc. We even have a gift each year that the PTO gives to every family, so they also give one to the teachers. According to this parent, we deserve none of that. The amount just keeps growing and growing, and this parent gets more and more frustrated every time. It's to the point where it's comical to watch. Okay, I will address this at first, but the first thing I wanted to address in here is the fact that you said that at your school you get Christmas bonuses? Am I reading this right? A Christmas bonus? What what private island do you teach on that the school district has funds 
to give you a Christmas bonus? Holy shit. Are you hiring? I have never in the 10, well, we're going to take it to 10 and a half. In the 10 and a half years that I was teaching, did I even have a glimmer of hope that there would be a Christmas bonus? Recently, I did apply for a job that would have had a signing bonus. That was also rare. That is like unheard of, but a Christmas bonus? And I have so many questions here. Like, do you get that every year? Does it just come in your paycheck? Or is it in the form of like turkey dinner? The time that I did teach in private school, I was blown away by what they did for the teachers. Like that was one of the only settings as a teacher where I actually felt appreciated by the school. The things that they did to us. For for um, the parent-teacher conference night, since they were done um, virtually, they sent catered meals to every single teacher's house for them and their partner. Unreal. That should be normal. It will never not blow my mind that teachers are taking care of the youth of this country. Not only taking care of, but shaping them into who they're going to become. And yet we're consistently shit on. Also, my hot take, I'm going to say it again too. If teachers had competitive salaries in the world, we would attract the best and and the brightest. It would be competitive to become a teacher. Therefore, we would have great teachers and we would have great people who advocate for teachers to get us more. Unreal. Unreal. Okay, but back to the real cause of this email, the parent. Can we talk about the fact that this parent has so much friggin' time on their hands that they actually sit and calculate the funds that are being sent in? That Like, like who, Pam... Somebody needs to get Pam under control. Somebody needs to take Pam's calculator away because she's sitting there at two o'clock on a Wednesday with a glass of, it's either a Chardonnay or Cavassier. I don't know which one she likes, but she's sitting there with her calculator, going over the budget, analyzing it, and then doing this sort of buffoonery. What? That's some bullshit. Take Pam's phone. She don't need it. Next. Here we go. Admin rant, school rant, maybe both. That's the topic. Hey, Joe, when I found out the topic this week was rants, I knew that I had to email you. I'm a first-year teacher. Shocking. It's always the first-year teachers who run into the shit. Just so you know, first-year teachers, you're supposed to run into some good shit your first couple years. I'm a first-year teacher, and I was so excited to start this school year. Ah, Bless your heart, sweet child. Well, That was until I actually started. I teach kindergarten, and during open house, I had 10 kids on my roster. I was so excited after being told that they were trying to keep our class sizes small. However, the first day of school starts, and eight new kids show up at my door. Okay, only 18 more than I expected. Only, not not 18 more, girl. Now you got 18. 18 more than I expected, but... I can do it, no big deal. I spend hours after the first day of school getting everything prepped, getting names on everything, and I think to myself, tomorrow will be better since I am now prepared. Oh, sweet girl, I cannot wait to tell you what I think about this. I know, I know, my mistake. Okay, well, you knew it. My mistake. 
The next day comes and I'm in the middle of my day on the second day of school. Oh, I know this far too well, girlfriend. On the second day of school, literally in survival mode. And guess who walks in? That's right. My admin with three kids and six pieces of paper with student information on them. They inform me that they are putting nine new students in my classroom that is 27 kindergartners. Not sure what happened to those small class sizes. Anyway, I went to my administration after school and screamed at them that this was not happening when there are five other kindergarten classes in our school that they can be put in. Not only am I teaching 27 kindergartners how to listen, follow rules, sit down, raise their hand. I'm also teaching them how to speak English. That's right. My school has only English language learners. So half my class doesn't understand anything that I'm saying. Since this day, my admin and I have not been very friendly. Have not been very friendly with one another. But I did get some of these kids moved out of my classroom, and now I'm down to 24 kids in my room. Love you. Love the podcast. It always makes me laugh, even on the craziest of days. Okay, girlfriend. First of all, I'm going to sell it to you real. Real, 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 and wrong. Okay. A couple of these issues you have legs to stand on. You didn't specify, so if all nine of those kids were put into your classroom on top of the eight new ones that you got before are only being put into your classroom and not the other kindergarten classrooms, that's a problem. You also didn't say how many other kindergarten classrooms there are. But I'm going to go ahead and say that it's very unlikely that all of the kids were being put into just your class and not the other one. I'm going to say this too. On the other hand, if that is the case for some reason, and you are getting more of the new students rather than the other teachers in the building who are most likely not first-year teachers, that is an issue. We need to be giving first-year teachers a little bit of grace with their class size, okay? Because we're just expecting, we're expecting first-year teachers to teach with the same effectiveness as the their teaching partner who's been teaching for 15 years. That's unrealistic. But we can make changes to make that achievement gap a little bit smaller because we're trying to close the achievement gap on students. Shouldn't we be doing that with our teachers too? Why shouldn't all first-year teachers, just think about this, first-year teachers have a class of 10. Wouldn't that be amazing? Think about how they can actually master the curriculum. First year teachers have a class of 10 and it's mandatory that they teach the same grade at least the next year, if not two years. Gives them an opportunity to be better at their craft. It gives them an opportunity to grow. Just going to throw it out there. Okay, I am going to say this to you though, girlfriend. Uh, you did say that you let your boss have an earful. Not the way to go around it. Because I can tell you they're looking at you right now and they're like, this bitch comes in here fresh out of college and thinks she's going to call the shots? Guess again. <laughs> so I do need to encourage you to do a little bit of damage control. All right? <laughs> do some damage control here because you need to mend that relationship because 
even if you loathe your boss, you need to have somewhat of a working relationship. And if it's good, it's great. So mend it a little bit. Also, having English language learners in your class is not new. It is hard. It is hard as hell. But you say that your school is an exclusive English language or English as a second language school. There are resources for you in that building. Do not be scared to reach out and ask for them. You deserve access to all the resources that are available to you. So seek them out. Go and get them. You're going to be fine. 27 kindergartners as a whole is psychotic. Kindergarten teachers as a whole need to have smaller class sizes. And a lot of buildings and a lot of districts do do that. Thank God. First year teacher with 27 kindergartners. Can we all just like stop for a minute and give this brand new baby teacher some good juju? <laughs> she needs it. A reading from the book of D, my girl, like shout out to you. I know, I know, I know it's hard, but you got this. You can make it through it. If you made it through, you graduated during a global pandemic and now you're teaching your first year teaching is still kind of during this. You can do anything. I love you. This one is a little bit, ooh, someone's testy. Here we go. Mr. D, thank you for allowing us to rant this week. Phew, I know that I needed it. The world of education is burning. The school that I work with is imploding with chaos, and yet my principal sends out an email today about setting up voicemails for our class phones. Is this really the battle that we're fighting right now? I've actually attached a screenshot for you to read. This message was read and received. So, okay, let me go in first read the email. Here's the email from the boss. Last Thursday morning, I sent out an email regarding updating your voicemail introduction. My records indicate that the message was read and received. However, the voicemail introduction has not been updated. The deadline for this request was last Friday, October 29th at 4 o'clock p.m. I assume that this was an oversight on your part and that the update will be made today by 4.15 p.m. Tuesday, November 2nd. Holy shit. That is the most passive-aggressive bullshit I've ever time-stamped that shit. They straight up even told you I read it. I read that you opened it and you read it. So I know that you know why isn't it done. This is psychotic. Okay, let me get reading the rest of the email. This message was read and received. So, he can somehow see that I read the email? Creepy. Well, that's nothing new, girl. We know that that's true. Did he call all the extensions to see who has set up their voicemails and who didn't? What in micromanagement hell is wrong with my administrator? For the record, I feel the need to clear my name. The phone in my room has not been set up and I've contacted IT and of course nothing has been done. So is this even actually my fault? P.S. Come to Philly, please. I love you. P.P.S. Uh, Philly is on the shortlist for my 2022 schedule. I would love to get back down to Philly and do some more shows for you guys. I had an absolute blast last time I was there. Shit my pants because those Philly steak and cheese sandwiches are the real deal. Okay. First of all, your boss, I'm going to straight up tell you, needs their teaching license revoked. This is unacceptable and unbelievable. I can't. You you were dead on when you said what in micromanagement hell. They went through to see whose were set up and whose wasn't. And you are right. Your phone wasn't even set up and IT didn't even help. And they come at you with that shit first and said, I'm going to assume that this was an oversight on your part and that you'll have it set up by the end of the day. I'm going to come back and write the email for you. 
let's write it together. This is what you're going to say back to your boss. Good morning, bitch. Just kidding. Don't say that, but I want to too. Okay, for the sake of our, our fake-ish email. Good morning, bitch. I got your email. I see that you took the time to check my voicemail. Did you check the time to research the IT report that I sent in two weeks ago yet has not been done? Looks like you have bigger fish to fry. The fish that I'm talking about are the fact that Central Office has yet to adequately supply my classroom with a phone. Your micromanagement ass should have known that seeing that you're peering in from my windows watching my every move. Get bent. Get at me when you can come correct. Signed, whatever your name is. If you want to sign it, my name, done. But that's what you're going to do. Hey, you guys, I love that you're loving the podcast. I love that you're listening. You want to support the podcast, become a Patreon member. It's only five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. You can become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Joe I do not have the latest updates from last week or this week for the new Patreon members. So shout outs for your Patreon membership will begin again next week. All new members of the podcast get a shout out on the podcast. And also as a Patreon member, you not only get access to the behavior management hotline where you can call in and give me the behaviors that you need management or advice line, if you will, but also you get first access to tickets. And when I announce those new shows, maybe they're going to fly. So you get first access for being a Patreon member. You also get bonus episodes of the social studies podcast and let's watch TV with my mom. You get all of that for just five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. Become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Dombrowski, patreon.com slash Dombrowski, patreon.com slash Dombrowski. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening to the Social Studies Podcast. And again, if you did not get your laughter in this week, you need to do so. I want you to do this. I want you to call your funniest friend. I don't care how long it's been since you've talked to them. Call your funniest friend. Make 10 minutes for yourself and have a conversation catching up with your funniest friend. Laughter is the best medicine and you deserve an overdose. I love it, each and every one of you. And we'll see you next week. Bye.